of Salvation Solutions. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor D. So today we are going to talk about building wealth God's way. That is going to be our main focus for today's podcast. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about something that's happening right now in our country, which Texas is... Mm-hmm. I mean, they finally got their power and their electricity back. Praise God. But yep. it was over probably 36 hours, I think, without that. Um, and I did read exactly what the Colorado City, Texas mayor, um, Tim Boyd, said where he was telling his citizens how lazy they were if they were stuck the way that they are, how it's not on him or on any of the companies there that produces electricity for them to come out and help them in any type of way, um, how the strong will survive and the weak will perish. I think that alone... He's supposed to be a public servant, right? He's supposed to be a public servant. That's his job title. That's his yeah. job title, public Supposedly. servant. Okay. Yeah. But he did resign the day after he posted okay. all of there his There we go. Oh, there and we go. It's there interesting because what he said was, I could have worded that better. No, no, no. Actually, if that's how you felt, you right. could not have worded yeah, that better, yeah. actually. Thank right. you for that's not wording it better. Thank you right. for not wording it better. Now I know how you really feel. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, yeah. right. It ain't about playing politics. It ain't about hiding behind a lot of verbiage and rhetoric that don't really mean anything. I'm glad you let us know how you felt. That's how you felt? That's how you felt. Thank you for your resignation. Thank you. You know, because because that's, you know, that's not the spirit, that's not the mindset of of when you take a position that that is deemed a public servant. You're supposed to have the mindset of serving the public, yep. right? Serving them in whatever capacity that that particular position gives you. Right. And not not to ridicule and belittle and talk about your your constituents, you know, in that area of of, you know, your control that you have. And, you know, it, it, it goes to show you the Bible says that the Bible says like this. You all know, we got a scripture for everything. <laughs> the Bible says that's why. No, salvation is the solution. For everything. Right. It says when the righteous are exalted, the city rejoiceth. In that context, in Proverbs, when it's talking about the righteous being exalted, it's talking about exalted to positions of control, which would be mayor, which would be president, which would be senator, which would be congressperson, you know. So when the righteous, when the righteous are in authority, the city rejoices, right? That's what that's what the word of God says. Well, well, how how is it that Jesus taught us that the church would be able to be in control of cities and and, con- and countries and states, right? H- how is that? And we're going to touch on that because what most people think, the way most people think that the church is going to come in control of cities and states and countries is by prayer meetings, you know, 36, 365 days a week, you know, by going to worship God for 34 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they think that's the way to get it. By interceding, you know, we take the scripture of my, you know, over there in uh, Hosea, will hold themselves and pray, right? But there's a lot connected to each characteristic that was mentioned there. There's things that's connected to it that we got to break down. We can't just lump them all together and, and then just go and have prayer meetings and kumbaya and everything going to be all right. No, we gonna, Jesus gave us a parable. He gave us a parable that, that outlined how the church is going to come into ruling, how the church is going to come into having dominion over cities. Right. It's when you take the gifting and the, and, and this time it was the talent that, that, um, that, um, that the Lord used in the parable, the, uh, the king who would want to, you know, uh, inherit the kingdom, he called his servants unto him and he gave each one of them uh, a talent, right? Each talent was worth $50,000. Well, the ones, the two who he came and talked to about what they did with the, with the 50 grand, they multi- one multiplied it and turned it into 550,000. You know, he said, your one talent has gained 10, right? So that would be 
you know, 550, 500,000 plus the 50 he had had would bring it to 550,000. He says, well done. He says, be thou ruler over 10 cities. 10 cities. So it ain't just about praying. It's about how you make, manage, and multiply money. How you handle money. How you deal with wealth. Because it takes wealth to run a city. It takes wealth management to run a city. It takes wealth management to serve the community that you're called to. The second one came. He says that, that talent has turned into five. So that would be 250. Be, he turned it into 300,000. Right? Then the other one, the other one, excuse me, hid his Lord's money. He called him wicked and slothful. Why was he wicked? Because he didn't have a mindset to serve the people. He didn't have a mindset to go do what he needed to do to occupy. Actually, Jesus told, uh, the parable says, told him to occupy till he come. That means to do business. He didn't have a mindset of the servants that Jesus was raising up. The mindset of a servant is to, is to take what God has given us to multiply that I can be, that I can serve all the more. That's the mindset. Well, when it's talking about this, the, when the righteous are exalted, the city rejoice, it's talking about coming to a position of authority. Well, if we don't know how to accumulate and build wealth the way God would have us to build wealth personally, um, collectively, on a, on a um, municipal level, if you don't know how to create assets and leverage assets so that you have more so that you can serve others, then you ain't gonna never come into ruling. We'll never come into having authority over cities. Folks talking about taking a city. Listen, if you don't have no money, you ain't taking no city. You ain't running no city. If you don't know how to manage money, you ain't taking no city. You ain't running no city. It comes down to Jesus told us how that we're going to come in control of cities. We got to be able to fiscally manage what God gives us. We have to be able to fiscally make and manage and properly and multiply, multiply what God has given us. No matter what, what arm or stream that it's, it's in, you got to be able to, you got to be able to do it. And so that's what it comes down to. This, this mayor, whatever he was, I mean, he doesn't have a servant's heart or a servant's mind. That's most important. See, but we look at the outward appearance, right? Remember, remember when God made David King, when God came to make David King? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Then it said, then that's the scripture where it says, I'm sorry, I'm just saying, no, 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 y'all. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm, I'm letting him finish. I'm no, letting him finish see, before I start. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm, I'm waiting for him to say, bring us into your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you bring us into yeah. your okay, thoughts? Okay, okay. God sent the prophet to go talk to David's uh, father, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and he says, he told, he told Sam, he said, listen, go, go, go see Jesse. I found me a king. It was one of Jesse's sons. Jesse had like six, seven sons, right? Oh, okay. So he brought them all before the prophet. And, right. and every time he brought one, but he brought them, he brought the most handsome one first and the tallest one first and the ones who had the only, and, 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 and the prophet's like, no, not him. No, not him. So and, you missed all that. Yeah, I missed all that. Right, right. No, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's deep. Yeah. Like, he brought we them all. supposed to be there. Though. Yeah, I was I to be there. that's where he was going. That's right. where he was. But, okay. <laughs> yeah, forgive me. I'm, I'm thinking y'all know what I know. That's, yep. that's the mistake. Yep. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, he said, no, he ain't it, he ain't it. And that's where it says, he says, God looks at the hour because, because Jesse was like, whoa, whoa, not him. This is my best son. Like, he said, no, no, God, God looks at the heart. Men look at the hour. He said, no, God ain't looking at what he looks like on the outside. And he went through them all. And then he says, there's got to be another one. And oh, yeah, he said, my old day. Yeah, he's out in the field with the, he said, go get him. We're not sitting down until you go get him. And when he came through, he says, that's the one, anoint him. He says, because he's after my heart. See, God looks, at the, God looks at the heart. See, when we choose people who are going to lead us, we got we to be able to discern their heart. 
we got to be able to discern their heart because you got to have a servant's heart to be in certain positions. And, you know, just because someone has the education and they articulate and they can, you know, talk the way they talk, don't mean they're supposed to be in that position or you're going to get what you got. You're going to start blaming for when it, when it get tough, when it get hard. <laughs> That's deep on what? so many what? levels. You have no idea. <laughs> I, listen, listen, I, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but, but I'm in a situation now where I'm literally witnessing this. I'll just say I'm witnessing this at the workplace. Mm -hmm. People being in positions that they shouldn't be in mm -hmm. because it's being solely reliant on education and, mm -hmm. and numbers and all that kind of stuff has nothing to do with the heart for, for serving people, has nothing to do with, you know, getting the right message to people. And it's, it's taking such a toll on everything else. It's operations wise. Mm -hmm. it's, it's we'll talk about it after. But yeah, but no, you're right. That's, it's, it's a problem. Right. In, in every sector of society, from public schools to the president, mm. it's a problem. The president, the president should have the biggest heart in the country because he, he got to have a heart for all these people and all the different people groups, right? I mean, he, he has to, you know? You, you got to be such a selfless servant to hold down that position, and then you got to surround yourself with people. Right. See, that's what's wrong with our political structures. Them people ain't here to serve us. They're trying to serve themselves. They're not here to serve us. Or people higher than them that can do for them. Right, right. That, that's, that, that's what it's about. Yeah. They're not here for the poor. See, the kingdom is about being governing the poor. What are you doing to help the poor? Well, since we know that, you know, we're going to have to work our way to building our own wealth and creation, can you just go into a little bit um, the blessing, the giftings, and the callings? Right. So uh, one of the things God has given us that falls under the banner of salvation being the solutions is wealth creation strategies. And so, you know, there's been a big fallout in the body of Christ, you know, when it comes to the prosperity gospel, you know, and, and, you know, we, 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 we got out, we had our conversation previously about, um, you know, what constitutes the prosperity gospel. And you asked, well, what was the question you asked? I can't remember. So I, what I was trying to do is I was trying to, to figure out what. Don't, we go, don't forget. We got to go. Don't, don't forget your question. But we got to get to this one first. I got a question. Oh, <laughs> you led into what we talked about. That's right. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So I was trying to figure out what the exact differences were between the prosperity gospel and, and what we're talking about right now. Right. And what I what I condensed it down to was that the prosperity gospel is is built to focus on what God can do for you. Right. Right. Without you having to do anything other than. Right. Put money into my, my, my hand, my ministry's hand. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So if you tithe, you keep tithing me every week. That's all I'm. That's God me. is going to move in your yeah, life. Yeah. 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 Come on. He don't. They, they, they get excited. See, they, he did it. He did it. He started to get it. He started to get caught the spirit in the thing. He started to get caught that spirit. He might get it. He might get it. He might get it. That's how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, they start pumping you up. Yeah. They gas you up. That's right. God's going to move for you. And people start, you know, they get wild with it. He hit the nail on the head. But but what we're talking about is is a step-by-step -step process through education preparation execution right to 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 build yourself into wealth right amen amen the bible says it like this over in deuteronomy 818 he says i've given thee the power to get wealth or to become wealthy like, that's not a get quick rich scheme right right the prosperity message has been associated with a get quick rich scheme and in essence in essence, I wouldn't even I wouldn't call it that because there's a there's a degree of evil in that that I don't think preachers or most of them, some of them have, but most most of those who were who were um, who are part of what they call the prosperity gospel uh, 
and the reality of it is the gospel is a message of prospering, right, on every level, spiritually, soulishly, physically, psychologically, economically. So it's, it's, you can't preach the gospel without talking about prospering. It is, it is a prosperity message in itself. But when you focus it on, on the financial aspect of things, you have to be more comprehensive than what most prosperity gospel preachers were. You just described exactly what most prosperity gospel preachers preached or taught. It's give to my ministry and God's going to bless you, but they don't go into the the dynamics or the how-to knowledge right. of how God blesses us individually, corporately, nationally, you know, within generationally. They don't go into that. They didn't break that down. Not and Again, we're generally speaking, some of them went into it, but most of what they labeled the prosperity gospel preachers didn't go into that. All they told you was, you know, it's, if it wasn't the tithe, it was a special offering, $50 line, $100 line, $200. Guys told me there's 10 people in here that's going to give $1,000, right? So, and, and you do that, then guys going to open this door. And go, but it, it was very vague. It wasn't enough information, not comprehensive enough. Well, what God wants to do is reveal to us his, his wealth creation strategies. He's given us some things that will aid us. Or, or were designed to bring us into that wealthy place. Psalm 66, verse 12, he says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We've went through the waters. We've been through the floods. But thou hast brought us out, and you lead us into a wealthy place. There's a wealth, a place of wealth creation that God has for you. There, there's, there's assets that come along with our salvation that we have to learn to leverage. We have to think entrepreneurially. We can't think, get a job. So there's a lot of things that go into teaching and building up believers to build wealth the way God would have them to build wealth. That's why we created the Building Wealth Godway portal and we, we've flooded it with videos that has all of the insight and the wisdom of everything that goes into creating generational wealth and building generational wealth. God is a remunerator. That word remunerator means to make another wealthy. He says, he that cometh unto me must believe this about me. Over in Hebrews the 11th chapter, the 6th verse. He must believe this about me, that I am a reward of those who diligently seek me. Oh, there it is right there. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For, what, for he that cometh unto God must believe that he is, and he is a remunerator of those who diligently seek him. I'm, going, I'm looking to make you wealthy. That's the idea that we're remunerator. It, it, was, it was known in its day as a kingmaker, one who was looking to make another kingly. And you can't be no such thing as a broke king. Right. God wants us wealthy so that we can be the public servants that God has called us to be as the church. He wants the church to rule. Well, what's one of the criteria for ruling? Wealth. The rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower servant to the lender. I mean, it's everywhere in the word of God. Like we can give you scripture after scripture after scripture. <laughs> right. But we, we have to go from being turned off. Because I was on Twitter the other day and, and folks was dogging out, you know, the black preachers that migrated from the civil from the from the from the civil um, the civil rights gospel to the prosperity gospel, and they were comparing Martin Luther King's message to some of the modern day preachers' messages, and so they were coming down hard. But but it's not it's not that God doesn't want us prosperous. It's not that God doesn't want us wealthy. It's how God wants to make us wealthy. I think we got to we got to we got to yeah. we got to grasp that. And so, um, when we talk about God being a remunerator, looking one who looks to make you wealthy, the question is how. Now it goes back to what you were saying. We just we just I just thought about three things for this particular podcast. The first thing is the blessing. Proverbs ten chapter ten verse twenty two says, "The blessing of the Lord it maketh rich." In other words, the blessing is on assignment. The blessing, like it's on an assignment to make you wealthy. 
right? That word blessing is the word for benediction. Where we get out, where we get out, where we get the uh, the idea of pronouncing the blessing over the congregation when they leave. Well, it's much more than that. It's it's a proceeding blessing. It's a proceeding confirmation from God that you hear and how to navigate through life and create wealth and take advantage of opportunities and seize moments to help you build wealth the way God would have you to build wealth. The blessing it has an assignment to bring you into wealth and not only just bring you into wealth, but bring you into it without the sorrow. Without you, you know, you know, making poor decisions and, and losing everything. And, but you got to be in tune with the spirit. You got to you got to walk with God in your wealth creation strategy. Can't be something that you just do off the top of the dome. Right? You got you got to have an intimate relationship. Everything is about intimacy. So, you know, first thing we talked about was the blessing, um, which makes one rich and don't add any sorrow. And that blessing operates on, on the spiritual level, the soulless level and on the financial level. God is, God is something on you. It, it also means the propensity, right? The blessing is, it gives you a propensity to do great and mighty things. It gives you a propensity to think through. It gives you a propensity to be wise. See, that blessing is, there's no limits to how the blessing functions and operates in your particular situation. But it, it, it has one goal in mind, to make you rich, mm. to make you wealthy. Now, I know that's a far cry from what we call the blessing in a lot of places. Right. Right. We talk about the car and the house and all that. But and, and, and again, nothing wrong with that. But 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 there's a deeper thought process in, in what God had in mind when he put the blessing on your life. He had something else in mind. He wanted to give you the propensity and the capacity and the magnitude and the fortitude to fight and overcome whatever you got to fight and overcome to get into that wealthy place that he has for you. So that was just one of the first things that I wanted to mention when it comes to the assets that God has given us. That's the blessing and how the blessing operates in your life. It'll take, it'll take, it'll take the, the average person and enable them to do great things, right? It'll take the person who couldn't and enable them to do when they couldn't do before. So when we're talking about the blessing, we gotta get beyond the physical manifestation of it, but we gotta look at the spirit of what the blessing does. It makes you rich and it eliminates anxiety. It eliminates fear. It eliminates worry. It eliminates the frustration. You just gotta walk in it. You just gotta walk in it. You gotta, you, and, and when I say eliminate, that's probably not a, right, a, a, a good depiction of what I'm saying. It's more, it enables you to overcome anxiety and overcome stress and deal with it and manage it properly so it don't affect the way you build wealth or doesn't get in the way or cause you to stumble, right? Because you, you go through certain circumstances where, where fear might try to stop you from doing something or anxiety might come upon you when you think about making a decision. But we have, a, we have something that's greater than anxiety, something that's greater than fear. And we got to understand that that's how the blessing operates in our life. It's going to give me the ability to overcome those things. So then when you hear the blessing and, and all that it encompasses, where do you see in your life where it's a blessing, where it's something like, I didn't think I could do that, but I could. I didn't think I'd be able to overcome that, but I did. Like, where, where do you see a blessing in your life when it comes to building wealth as well? I, <sighs> building a business, working a 40-hour job, being a father of three children, and being a husband. Truly an operation. <laughs> Truly an operation. <laughs> Truly an operation. I, I mean, there, no doubt about there, it. There is no tighter space to be in, and I wouldn't trade it for the world because it, 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 it the, the, the mindset to create wealth, the creativity that it takes to manage the time, the, the uh, administrative ability that is necessary to you know, manage the changes and manage the personalities and manage the situations as they come. All of that stuff 
I, I had to realize was was put in me from the start. And it wasn't until I started believing that that it was there and, and, and asking God to, you know, to reveal it to me and to, to bring it out of me. You know, that's one I tell people all this, this all the time. Don't ever pray for something you don't think you have, because mm. all that's going to happen is God is going to put you in a situation where you have to build that up. For real. That's so true. For real. That's so true. Oh, you don't think you got that? Okay, I'm going to yep. show you you got it. You don't think you got patience? Man, I was just about to say that. Patience is a big thing. Exactly. That's a big thing. I'm going yeah. to show you you got it. Don't yeah. worry. I'm going to put you in a situation. <laughs> but, 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 but that's a great point you bring up, Aramis, because most people are praying for stuff God has already given them. Right. Right. And he's like, wait, what? What's your, why are you asking me for that? Oh, that's what he's done. That's, 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 he that, finished. That's the, that's the biggest opposition to the prosperity gospel is, is God's work is done. He, done. He, he, he did it. Right. He did it. And you say that because you got folks sitting around because the prosperity preachers have folks sitting around waiting for God to do something. Mm. That he's waiting on you to do. Right. <laughs> he's like, you, you sitting on God to, you know, ring the doorbell and somebody to walk up with a suitcase with a million dollars in it. When God said, no, that's not, that's not how I'm doing. I, see, not only, excuse me, not only does God want us to be able to pass down the physical aspect of wealth, but he wants us to be able to pass down the wisdom and how we accumulated it. Right. Right. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That inheritance, I believe, is twofold. First of all, we got to think about who made that statement. The richest and the wisest man ever lived. So I believe that's, those are the two things he was specifically talking about that he wanted to pass down to his children. Wisdom and wealth, right? So for God to, um, you know, have somebody knock on your door and, you know, you know, and again, I don't limit God in what he's able to do and can do. If, you, if that's what you want, okay, God bless you, right? <laughs> but the point is, he wants us to have the, the, the how-to knowledge or that ability to live life with skill yeah. so that we can create wealth and it be a generational thing. Right. And, and it comes to the point to where, you know, that that we're able to, you know, pass this knowledge down. That, that's what's so, um, you know, ungodly about this wealth gap we have between black and white America. Right. We, and, you know, this week we had the um, the hearing, the 20, 2021 hearing of H.R. 40, which is a bill that's put forward by uh, Congresswoman Sheila, Sheila Jackson Lee um, as it relates to. Uh, there being a commission put together to study slavery and its impacts on black America and then to come back with proposals on how to repair uh, black America and the descendants of slaves. And so, um, you know, there's some contention between H.R. 40 not having enough teeth, but, you know, we'll get through that. But, you know, this wealth gap has been created, um, you know, very strategically, right? There's a strategic way that the enemy wants to put you in poverty. But then again, there's a strategic way that God wants to bring you into wealth. Uh, remember, poverty is is the highest expression of ruin in a person's life. It's poverty. I think the scriptures in Proverbs 10, verse 15, it says the, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. It's his citadel. It's his safe haven. He says, but the destruction, the ruin, the, the want, the lack of the poverty of the poor is his poverty. Like 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 what the highest expression of destruction in your life is poverty. We think we think it's, you know, you know, something else, but it's poor spiritually, poor soulishly and poor economically. Right. He wants you pouring all three levels. When he said to steal, to kill and destroy, he did speaking of three levels. He wants you. He wants you pouring all three levels. And so we have to understand that, that there was a very strategic process that the United States government and white America and those white supremacists put in place to create this wealth gap. And and 
you know, now, now God is very, 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 you know, focused on closing that wealth gap. Well, reparations will put black America in a position to where they can make, manage and multiply and become gen and think generationally now. Right. It's very difficult under the current circumstances that black America's under to, you know, to um, as a people group. You know, you're going to have your individual, you know, pockets of people who are able to be successful. But I'm talking about as a people group to be able to build wealth as a nation and, and, and not be so dependent upon the federal government. You know, so God is God is God is in that whole process. And it, it happens through the blessing. It comes through the blessing. Well, that's interesting, because when you say strategies, it reminds me of that quote. You know, that quote we always hear. If you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. But if you mm -hmm. teach him. Teach him how to fish. Oh yeah, he can. Well, and, and that's the key, and that's what that's what God is into. He's not into the quick fix. And the prosperity gospel almost almost represented a quick fix for your situation. Mm -hmm. When that's not it. When we're talking about we're talking about we're talking about God bringing you into wealth and building wealth God's way. God has a specific method by which He wants you to build wealth. I mean, God is an entrepreneur. Jesus was a businessman. He was an entrepreneur. He was a king. Jesus was a master marketer. So when you when he was, when you think entrepreneurially and you want to you want to start a business or create a business, there's methods that Jesus used to market his business. Well, we can use those very same methods to market our business. And when you do things the way God would have you do them, now you have that blessing working for you. You got the anointing working for you. You got the favor God working for you. You got all those assets that God has given us via our salvation. But we don't look at salvation like that. You know, mm -hmm. we look at salvation as you know we're gonna get to heaven and we're walk it. on the streets to go. That's it. That's my only goal. Right. But we don't see salvation as as an as an asset field apparatus that God has given me to become a conqueror over life, to become a winner in life, to become to become a a, a, um, um, a triumphant in, in, in life. Right. So we have to apply it to overcoming poverty. We have to apply it to building what the God want, the way God would have us to build it. The other thing we wanted to talk about was the gift set. Like God has given you a gift set, but you, that gift set was given to you for a specific reason. So for, only use in the church. No, 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 no. That's, that's what post, that's what religion will have you think, though. That's what I'm religion will have you, to, you, you, you okay to, to use you your, your your musical gifting. I'm talking about listen. Don't you give your gift to that world? Don't you go do it? Sing for free with that's us. What Satan's doing. Right you know, there. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just the the religious. Ah, oh, we got it. We got to go here. No, nope. because <laughs> I was I was gonna go there before, but then you what? went into what? the, the gifts because you. So you, you were talking about the 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 gap work between Black American White American, and then yeah. you brought up white white supremacy. Right. So I was gonna come to you, bro. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when you when you hear the word Christianity, right, 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 right. What what does that actually say to you? Like, how do you define Christianity? It, it it was it was started as a derogatory term, no doubt. So when I hear that, you know that that's what I think. I I, I say this a lot to people. I, I say I'm I'm not a Christian. I'm a believer. Right. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm. You know what I mean? There there's there's action to being a believer. There's there's mm -hmm. it speaks to you know the faith walk to say mm -hmm. that you're a believer. If you're Amen. a Christian. You know, you you yeah. just get accused of, of you know <laughs> that could be any role. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you you say a word that sounds like something Jesus might say. Then, then you're, you know, like that that was the understanding back then. So yeah, this is a huge difference. But when 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 that's when that's the 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 popular term right. that believers use. Man, that's just a reflection of, of how far away from the truth we are. Yeah. No, I, th I think we talked last week about, you know, the difference between the church and 
I mean, the organism and the organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, I, as I listened to that podcast, some, some other thought came to me that I really wanted to clarify because, because what we have to do, we have to create as much space, as much space between the organism and the organization as possible. When Constantine um, declared Christianity, quote unquote Christianity, as the Roman religion, now, if you weren't a Christian, you, you, you suffered great persecution. When previously, if you named the name of Christ and you were labeled as a Christian, notice how I said labeled, not that you called yourself a Christian, right. but you were labeled as a Christian. There's two scriptures um, that people get all twisted up when, when one that says they were first called Christians at Antioch, right? And they, they deem that to mean that we were supposed to call ourselves Christians. No, that was a derog that's what you were referring to. That was a derogatory term. But then there's another scripture in Peter where he says, if any man suffer as a Christian, which again, in their mind, confirms that it's okay to call ourselves Christians. Oh, okay. No, but he would say, if you suffer as the lay being labeled right. as a Christian, right. he says, you, okay, you gotta, you gotta overcome it, right? If any man suffers as a Christian. It's not that Peter was calling us Christians, right? It was, he, was, he was referring to what we were labeled as. Right. God didn't give us that name. Paul didn't give us that name. Nowhere, nowhere in the affirmative do you see the Bible referred to believers as Christians, right? So what happens is, but what happened was when Constantine took over, he deemed Christianity as the Roman religion, and that's when it officially became an organization mm -hmm. that was greater than the organism. The organism speaks to the church, the believer, as you mentioned. The organization speaks to the religious formation of the structure or the shell that represents or supposed to represent the organism. Well, what's happened, they've become almost one in, in, in the public's persona, in the public's perspective. Well, what we need to do as the church is separate ourselves and create as much space as possible between us being the organism, the church, and the organization, the religion. And that's where we need to be able to clarify that I, I'm a part of the organism. You need structure and organization, right. but, but I'm not a part of the religious organization. When I began to think on this thing, I was like, well, Lord, I need to be able to bring this out scripturally. And that thing just, that's all Jesus' ministry was about. <laughs> His whole ministry was about separating the organism from the organization. Yeah. I mean, he came down on the religious organization. He came down on the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those other religious folk. He came down on them. But the church, the people he loved, his whole ministry was separating the wheat from the tare. Everything about it. Everything, he was, he was about separating, um, you know, the sons of God from the religious folk. He, I mean, so when, when the church, our mission is to be sure that we have a clear distinction between the organism, the life, the, 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 the energy, the vibrancy of, of Christ Jesus. And that comes through the intimate relationship that we have with God and the religious people, the organization, those folk who run around and call themselves Christians. Right. So um, we, we, we just have to be able to, to, to make that distinction. And part of that distinction, part of that distinction, do you say like this? He said, you'll know them by their fruit. Right? You know them, and that, and that speaking specifically of the degree of intimacy and the expression of love that you have towards humanity. And I just, I just, I just wanted to be sure that we, we see that clearly and we know that 
that that's, that's just what God's heart is all about, that the church is the living organi organism that, that is supposed to carry out the, the, um, the ministry that Jesus demonstrated. And the first, the first thing, the first people group, Jesus, or class of people Jesus mentioned that he was, that he was gonna minister to was the poor. And there's only one, one message for the poor that's gonna make them happy. Well, okay, so since, since we're talking about the church, so you were making the distinction between the church and the prosperity gospel. Right. So how should the message from the church of building wealth God's way be different from the prosperity gospel? Like? Right, right, that's a great question. So the first thing is, is, is being clear about God wants you wealthy and he has a mechanism to make you wealthy. Right. And, and we were talking about one of those mechanisms was the blessing. The second was the gifting that God has given you. First Corinthians, the 12th chapter, seven verses, the manifestation of the spirit was given to everyone that we may profit with all. That word profit means to make money, to create wealth. Right. So the gifting that God has given you, the gifting and the calling of God are without repentance. He gave you gifting so that it would match your calling. The calling is more than a job. The calling don't have anything to do with a job. Actually, it, it has to do with the thing that you were destined to do, the thing you were destined to be. It's natural and it's the nature of the believer to think entrepreneurially because we were made in the image and likeness of an entrepreneur. God is an entrepreneur. I was in a conversation the other day and we were going back and forth. And, you know, I said I made this statement to the individual that I was talking to. I was like, I was like, um, well, the, the very the very essence and the very first thing that God showed us about who he was was his entrepreneurial capacity in the beginning. And he had never thought of it from that perspective. He thought it was brilliant. He got excited. He says, wow, I never thought of it like that. Most believers have never thought of it like that. But that is that is the first aspect of who God was that he showed us, who God is that he showed us, his entrepreneurial capacity. And so it's natural for us to think like that, right? So the, the calling and the giftings go hand in hand. You add the blessing to that. You add the anointing to that. You add the goodness of God to that. Now, now that brings us into a whole nother place when it comes to us being able to build what God has called us to build. The message that the church, that the church should be bringing forth is not a, not a quick fix message of how to build wealth, but it is, it is a message of, of building slowly but surely, line upon line, recognizing and understanding the, and how to leverage the thing, the salvation that God has given us. It's through intimacy. The, the scripture that I quoted earlier in Deuteronomy 8.18, the first part of that scripture, he says, remember the Lord thy God. He, he, he positioned that alongside the message when he told him, when you come into wealth and when you come into the city and when you possess the land, he says, remember, it is me that gave you the power to get this. Don't forget the degree of intimacy that it took for you to get it. Because if you, if you slack on that intimacy, then you're going to lose it. Right? The whole idea behind salvation, the whole idea behind God restoring us and reconciling is intimacy. It's through that intimacy that he leads us and guides us into the realities of wealth creation and wealth that he has for us. And that is what we have to begin to declare. It can't be bring the tithe and God going to bless you. Right? Remember, when you talk about the tithe, that opening the windows of heaven and pouring you out a blessing was written to a people who was very entrepreneurial in their makeup. If you have a job and you have a ceiling and it's not a, it's not a job that's based on commission, but it's a job that's a nine to five that, you know, you work 80, 40 hours a week, you get paid this, that's what they're going to pay you. The, the perverted capitalistic structure that we have in place, they're not going to give you no more than what they want to give you. Yeah. They're not going to give you, you can put in all the extra hard work and all the time you want to, you getting this because I'm going, I'm taking advantage of you. This capitalistic system that we have in place is designed to take advantage of you, to work you to the bone and pay you as little as possible. Give me those 40 years of your life and give you a watch at the end of it. 
That's not God's methodology. That's not God's way. God's way is to think totally different. It's to think entrepreneurially. Well, the tithe was designed to cause entrepreneurs to prosper. I'll open the ones of heaven and pull you out of business. You won't have room enough to receive. I'll rebuke the devour for your sake. I'll, I'll, I'll rebuke everything that comes against your wealth creation strategies. That's the idea behind the tithe. But we've taught the tithe to be, if you bring the tithe, then God going to bring you money. And that's not what God was saying. You got to, he says the blessing, another thing about the blessing, it was designed to be functional and operate to, the, to its max by the works of your hands. He says, I'll bless the works of your hands. What you put your hands to, whatsoever you do it, will prosper. What you, whatsoever you put your hands to, I'll bless the work of your hands. The blessing was designed to work in conjunction with what you do entrepreneurially. And so this is the, what we have to be teaching, not what we've been teaching that caused people to be turned off because it's looked at and it's frowned upon because the preacher getting wealthy, the preacher getting rich, you want to know why? Because he's operating as an entrepreneur. Right, mm. right. He's operating as an entrepreneur. Well, let's, let, let's get back into the talents because we, we started on that and then we, we went to the question, um, but I, I think it's important for people to understand, you know, exactly what is intended when you understand what talents you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about, you know, what the, the, the process of building wealth by using your talent? Right. So one of the things that we talk about in the Building Wealth God's Way portal is the first thing you have to do, you have to you have to discover. You have to discover the, the gift set that God has given you. Now, we have three tiers to our gift set. You have your spiritual gifting. You have your natural gifting. And you have what we call your acquired skill. You have three tiers of that. Your spiritual gifting, there's like 19, 18, 19 spiritual gifts. You know, people debate about that. But there's 18, 19 spiritual gifts that God has given you. You might have this, uh, okay, well, you're uh, gifted administratively. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a, that's a spiritual gifting, right? Now, now. Uh, her, figure out what her schedule is her, like. Exactly. <laughs> then her, your acquired skill. Now you acquire skill. <laughs> now you acquire skill to match that administrative function that you have. So when you when you when you have an administrative gifting, a lot of times we we make that we make her the church secretary. Right. So you, you volunteer your, your administrative gifting yep. to help the church mm -hmm. and you, you become the church secretary. We don't pay you nothing. You know, we end up paying you after a while, but, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you're the church secretary. And, and, that's, and I get that. If you're in a position as a church, and that's not the knock on the church. If you're in a position yeah, yeah. where, you know, you don't have you can't pay it, then, you know, you, you volunteer that. That's, yeah. that's, that's a seed. I'll get you a Christmas we, card. We, yeah, we, that's a seed. Right. And until we're able to pay you. And, and that's understandable. <laughs> but but we never talk about how that administrative gifting was designed to be used in the marketplace, right. which is really what's supposed to be used at in the first place. It's the marketplace. The church is supposed to be designed to be, to be right in the heart of the marketplace. Because why? Because that's where the money's created. That's where the wealth is created, right? So, so that administrative gifting in a marketplace looks like a, a, um, an administrative business, hmm. a business where you, you help other businesses structure and set up their back-end systems right. where you set up your your front-end systems where you put things and you have order so a an administrative gifting will give you a capacity to organize things that most people can't organize right to put things in order to, to simplify things right so when you're talking about discovering that particular gift set and we have a um a gift set assessment that we that we can that we can take people through that'll give them the uh, discovery capability and then not, and what that gifts looks like in operation in the marketplace, not in the church, right? Not in the religious setting, but in the marketplace. And then once they discover that gifting, now you gotta develop it. 
right? You got to go through the development process. You got to perfect the gifting. So, so if, if I'm, I'm, I'm gifted to teach, right? So I got to, I got to perfect that gift to teach. I got to dip, I got to learn different teaching strategies and different methods. And, and what's my best, what's, what's my best form of communication? I got to learn how to communicate and talk to people. Well, when you have that teaching gifting, it just, it gives you the capacity to do those things at a different level, right? And then once I perfect that, I got to now perfect that. So that teaching gifting can be manifested, you know, uh, it don't just have to be manifested in teaching the word of God. I may be want to be going to higher education or I may want to go into coaching. You know, all of those things where, where, where teaching is a is, is an important aspect or facet to what you do to generate and, and to exchange or have a medium exchange for, for, for money. You could you could teach music. You could teach people how to sing. Right. You can be gifted musically, but have that teaching gifting. Right. This And uh, again, there's normally three levels within those three sectors of gifting. You have your primary, your secondary, and your tertiary gifting. And, and, and you have to learn how to, how to make all three of those things work together for your good, how to leverage those things. We don't teach gift set leveraging. We don't teach how to leverage because you got to discover it, you develop it, then you got to design it. Now you're getting into the leverage process, I mean the leveraging process. You got to design it to fit a particular niche that you feel like you're called to, right? You may feel like you're called to the production industry with your musical gifting. Well, now I got to design my gifting, my, my ability to engineer, my ability to, you know, um, to put, uh, produce music and my ability to sing. Now I got to, I got to design all that and I got to package that, that makes it appealing to somebody who wants to exchange their money for my service, which then ultimately leads to the, 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 the deployment of your gifting. You gotta discover it, you gotta develop it, you gotta design it, which speaks to the marketing, uh, marketing and uh, sales aspect, and then you gotta deploy it. I gotta put it out there, right? You gotta put it out there so people can see. And that's how comprehensive we gotta get when it comes to building wealth. And now once you learn all those things and once you're successful, now, not only do you have money to pass down, but you got know-how how to pass down to your right. children. That's how you maintain and create generational wealth. It's not just about me giving them money. That's actually spoiling them. Hmm. What I want to be able to do is I want to teach them how I did this. Hmm. Remember, there was a scripture in, uh, in the Psalm where it says, it, says, it says, the children of Israel, they knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. And that's what it's all about. He, God wants us to know his ways. He wants us to know his ways. He says, he says he'll show us his ways. Right? I want to know the methodologies and the strategies that God uses. And so that's, that's what we have to, um, that's what we have to get. And that's how we have to break down how God wants us to build wealth. He's given you assets that we got to learn how to leverage. And eventually over, you know, a certain time period, you, you do it and now, now, like you say, you teach me how to fish, I can do it forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you give me one, then I'm depending on you continuing to give me one. Right. Right. And that's what has happened with the wealth gap, right? When they let us go, they said, go on. They didn't teach us nothing, they didn't give us nothing, they just said, go ahead on. And they kept on giving themselves free land, taking advantage of the assets and all those things that was in the land, the oil, the coal, the timber, the, 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 the gold, the silver, the, oil, you know, the gas, and they, they, they used all of those resources they got put in the earth. And welfare now, people are dependent on that. Right, and, 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 but that's why reparations is important. That's why all that's important. So, I mean, there's a lot that, that goes into the focus. The focus that we had to have as a church is teaching people how to make, manage, and multiply money. That's gotta be the focus, how to make it, gift set, calling, how to manage it, 
um, there's a there's a, a structure that God gave us, a 20% structure. Uh, you break your you break your resource down in, in, into five parts, and God gave us a specific use specific um, compartments for us to put that in. And, and then you gotta know how to multiply it, right? You gotta have to multiply it. How do you multiply money? How, you know, investing, right? You know, we've been taught to get a job and save. Well, that's not how you become wealthy. Right. That's not how you become wealthy. You know, the, the system of the seed, the system of sowing and reaping was designed to make you wealthy, right? The more you give, the more God multiplies. That's the whole idea. But if I'm just, if I'm saving it, unless I'm saving to invest, mm -hmm. right? But if I'm saving just because I'm, you know, that's what I've been taught. For a rainy day. Right, yeah, yeah, there you go, good. For a rainy day, then you're gonna have a rainy day and all of that's gonna be gone <laughs> when that rainy day comes. <laughs> but if you're saving to invest, like me and the wife now, we save, we're gonna save this amount of money so we can invest it in this. So we already got a plan for this that we're saving. Most folks don't think of it like that. So there's a lot that we have to do as a church. You know, I told y'all, I told y'all, you know, uh, you know, when the Lord really began to open my eyes to this, man, I apologize because this has been the first thing I'm talking to you about. I mean, when we get saved, when you, somebody get newly saved, this is the first thing they should be doing, you should get them in the financial literacy class. Yeah. Mm. Put them in, teach them financial literacy. Because that's, the, listen, a feast is made for laughter. And why make it merry? But money. <laughs> listen, you can talk all that talk you want to. You can say all that stuff you want to. In this, in this dispensation, in this realm, and how we function in the earth, money, the Bible says answer, that word answer, it, money gives you a voice. Mm -hmm. Money gives you the ability to have something to say. See, people, people want to listen to you when you made, manage, and multiply money. Money gives you influence. Money gives you ability to answer the questions and the circumstances that come your way. And that's what we got to be focused on. But it ain't going to happen for you when, you when you take the prosperity gospel's approach. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's not comprehensive enough. You know, and so, you know, when it comes to reparations, I really believe that that black America needs to go through a financial literacy class to before we give them to money. Like you got to know what to do with it. Right. You know, so there's a lot that that the church is responsible for. And I just think when you when, when we put together building wealth, building wealth, God's way portal and we we, we put together these videos. I mean, we, 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 we took a comprehensive approach and marketing you know, uh, sales, um, um, building yourself up spiritually, building yourself up in your soul, because beloved above all things, I wish I would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So the spiritual wealth you gotta have, the soulless wealth you gotta have, which will lead to your monetary wealth, you know, and that's, that's what it comes down to. So we, um, we cover everything we can, we can possibly cover in the Building Wealth God's Way portal. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna do a, a, uh, a large, or a, or a big launch. We've done a soft launch thus far. We, we're going to do a big launch uh, coming real soon to make it available to show people that listen, this portal, we're going to make it. We're going to make it as inexpensive as possible, um, and the value that you're going to get, you know, for 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 the for the membership price is going to be above and beyond, you know. That's good. So for anyone who wants to learn more about reparations, I oh, yeah. think it's getting closer that they can actually do that oh, now. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Um, well, we got our first batch of promotional copies um, and we are we are sending them out uh, actually today as we speak to people who we feel like. Um, so when 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 God came to Moses and gave Moses his message to go to a Pharaoh. I mean, first he gave him a message for Pharaoh and he gave him a message for the children of Israel. Well, the, he didn't go to the masses first. God said, first thing you gotta do, you gotta go to the elders. Mm. Go to the influencers. 
go to those who the masses will listen to, yeah. right? And, you know, Moses was a relative. He was, he was unknown. Nobody knows Moses. He was on the backside of the desert for 40 years, so they never forgot about Moses. Right. You know, so in a sense, me being a relatively unknown author, I got I to gotta be very strategic as Moses was strategic in who he went to. So we're sending them out to, you know, leaders of churches, denominations, um, organizations that we feel like are already in the fight and we can join forces with them. Um, but we're also sending it out to the church at large. And, but we're sending out the pastors and leaders because this is a church fight. This is a God thing. And um, we're gonna send those first 50 out and then we're going to do a soft launch where people can, you know, go access it digitally, and we're gonna we're gonna um, do a do a big launch and and really get behind it and you know um, put some marketing dollars behind it because this I really believe is a message to the church, but for the masses, for everybody, and um, it's something that's on God's heart that you know I, I don't see this I don't I don't see this ending no other way. Um, then, 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 then the United States government granting black American reparations one way or the other, hmm. right? And so, you know, and I've been asking God, Lord, there's two approaches. There's two approaches. There's the, there's the Pharaoh approach, but then there's the uh, Nehemiah approach where, where the federal government or the king gave Nehemiah the resources and the, and the tools he needed to go rebuild Jerusalem. That's one, that the, 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 the U.S. government can take that approach, they can humble themselves and say, you know what, this is a God thing, give black America what they need so they can go repair themselves, mm -hmm. or then we can go the other way. I mean, it don't matter to God, which everybody is, 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 you, you make the call, you make the call. Like, you wanna, you wanna act like Pharaoh? Okay, I can deal with that too. Yeah. Or, or you can act like, I, don't, I forget the king's name, I should know the king's name, uh, that, that, that gave Nehemiah and Amos the, uh, the resources he needed to go rebuild. And so it's you know, one or two approaches with God. You make the call. Okay. U.S. government, you make the call. So we go into that in the book, Reparations Now and Why. And so um, just, just it's time for it, you know, so be on the lookout for it. Okay. Any, er any other questions? No, without taking us over time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Make sure you see us on YouTube. Um, like, share, comment. Let us know what, what you're thinking, what's on your mind. And until then, stay safe. Be blessed. Like